you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Well, we've been waiting all year for this. The game, Michigan, Ohio State, two of the top three teams in the country vying for a spot in the Big Ten championship game and potentially in the college football playoff. Hello, I'm Brendan Marcello. This is the College Football Daily. It is Wednesday, November 23rd. Michigan and Ohio State entered this game in the regular season finale undefeated for the first time since 2006, and for only the fourth time in the AP poll era. It is simply a monumental game, one in which Ohio State is seeking revenge after Michigan broke an eight-game losing streak to the Buckeyes last season on its way to winning a Big Ten title and reaching the college football playoff for the first time in Wolverines history. Huge game on tap in Columbus. So, we brought aboard Zach Shaw of the Michigan Insider and Patrick Murphy of Bucknuts to discuss the big game. Gentlemen, just set the scene for me what it's like on the ground there in Columbus in Ann Arbor. Yeah, up in Ann Arbor, you mentioned Jim Harbaugh talking about the, the superheroes. He was, he was really full of gratitude. Not a lot of, I mean, he played for Michigan, right? He grew up rooting for Michigan. So, so you got to imagine there is some rivalry hate or things like that. But, but he said there's no need for hate. It's just two really, really good teams that are playing essentially a playoff game. I mean, we'll see what happens to the loser depending on the score and things like that and how conference championships shake out. But, you know, Ryan Hayes, uh, Mozzie Smith, they both said today, you know, the season doesn't mean a lot if they don't beat Ohio State. So the stage is already really big. I think Jim Harbaugh's strategy here is to maybe – not let things get too, I guess, emotionally start throwing in the hate or the smack talk. Um, one, you have a chance of looking really silly if you know you don't show it on Saturday. But two, I think you know he's got young players. I mean, there's really only a couple players who were even in Columbus the last time Michigan played there in 2018. So I think there's a little bit of like, let's treat it surface level, really good team versus really good team. The rivalry's there. It's there for the fans. There's certainly a lot of passion on both sides, but in terms of you know, talking smack or, or trying to uh, to stir the pot a little bit. I think Michigan would prefer this game be as football focused as possible. I don't think they they thrive, or I don't think they'll be better off if that big stage gets even bigger with uh, smack talk here and there. 
Yeah, Columbus, I think you, you've got a lot of the same feelings. Obviously, everything's still on the line, just like there is for Michigan. I think maybe the one difference is the revenge factor from last year. And Michigan obviously had that going to the game in Ann Arbor in 2021 with having lost consecutive games since 2011. Ohio State now coming off their first loss in the series since then. That will certainly be a motivational factor for Ryan Day and the Buckeyes. They've been using it all offseason, and they haven't shied away from that even last week when when we were asking players and coaches about you know not looking ahead and things like that they they admitted look we are aware of what's coming we're very focused on Maryland but we also know that the the big one is is coming you know down the road and and as they have in the past they they always have Michigan periods in practice and and things like that so this has been something that, that the Buckeyes are certainly looking forward to whether you're a coach whether you are a player trying to uh, you know get back to to winning against the rivals, something that they didn't do last year and obviously cost them a spot in the Big Ten Championship game, a spot in the college football playoffs, two things that they kind of became accustomed to being a part of. You talk about revenge, and and, and, and also, as mentioned there, this is kind of crazy. You know, Michigan has not been Ohio State since 2018 because of the pandemic. The 2020 game did not happen, so it's a little bit different for Michigan going on the road and doing this. And so what do you think Michigan can expect when they go to the horseshoe. I mean, it's going to be a heck of an environment already, but is is Michigan prepared for that and being in a gigantic atmosphere like that they haven't experienced in quite some time? Yeah, it's it's definitely a big unknown, especially last season they played a lot of tough road atmospheres. You know, Penn State, they, they can get pretty loud. I would argue they can get louder than Ohio State at their yeah. peak. Um, Nebraska, Wisconsin, I mean, those are pretty good road atmospheres. This year, their road games were... Iowa, which was a pretty good atmosphere, but uh, and then it was Indiana, which is not, and then Rutgers, which I would argue was half Michigan fans. So it's it's a little bit of an unknown, and I think there's there's a certain element of uncertainty with you know you can you can blare the music as loud as you want in practice, things like that, but there's it's a different beast, especially you know along the offensive line uh, when you're trying to get the plays and, and the calls in and stuff, and so it's going to be it's going to be I think a really big challenge for Michigan. They have an experienced offensive line, but I do think the the craziness, you know, there are a few players who weren't a part or a key part of last season's campaign. You know, I think they won all those games at Nebraska, Wisconsin, Penn State, but I've been there a few times for this game. It's it's a different beast. It's not something you can really simulate in practice and and ultimately you just have to find out who who can rise to the pressure because the, the pressure is about as high as it gets. Uh, it's there's really no denying it. And you just have to find a way to compete in it. I think it's interesting with you talk about a lot of times, at least in Columbus, I assume a lot of places, these big noon kickoff games, they don't have the atmosphere that some of them, some of the night games do. And Ohio State's faced that with Penn State and uh, other teams over the years. But for this game, it's different, right? It's it's the game. It's the game that these fans circle. So this atmosphere is always, you know, 10 out of 10 at Ohio Stadium and up in Michigan for sure. But I will be interested to see just how much that gets amped up. As I mentioned, players, coaches jazzed for this game for sure. Fans around here are as well. So, you know, how much does that take things to maybe even another level for for this atmosphere on Saturday and, and kind of how early people are out preparing and, and whatnot? Here's the other thing. Talk about preparation. How are Ohio State and Michigan preparing for this when they've got so many uncertainties in the injury department, especially at running back? For both programs, I want to start with you, Zach. Uh, Blake Corum, uh, very publicly, as we saw, getting injured this past week, came back, only carried the ball once in the second half, 
Seems to be a knee issue of some sort. Jim Harbaugh, of course, very hush-hush on any injury. He could have an injury to a 17th string walk-on and he wouldn't say anything. But what does it look like this week for the Michigan backfield and for that matter, the injury department as a whole? Yeah, I think I think the running back injuries are, are the big ones. You know, it felt like maybe they can get healthier at tight end. They were missing their starting tight end last week. They're starting edge rusher, Mike Morris. Kind of get the sense that those two could have played if it was Ohio State last week. But Blake Horm and Donovan Edwards are probably two of Michigan's three most impactful skill players. You know, thinking about running backs, wide receivers, I think anyone who's watched Michigan this year knows that uh, they like to run the ball. And, and really, against Illinois, I don't think that that game comes down to the wire if they have either of those guys in there. Yep. So I think, I mean, if they're going in there with their third, third string running back, it, it will not be like Ohio State's using its third string running back. I mean, the, they don't have quite as much depth beyond the top two. Their top two are really talented, right? Edwards is a five-star guy. Probably, if he had been the lead back this year, probably would have over 1,000 yards at this point. But if they don't have either of those two, I think things get really dicey because this is not a Michigan team that has proven itself throwing the ball or being a pass-first offense so far. And J.J. McCarthy, as we saw, struggled there late in the game, hitting some get, trying to hit some guys that are wide open. Could have put that game away against Illinois. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, that Illinois is a good defense, but but at the same time, Michigan really took the slowest possible route to that comeback uh, that you could possibly do. Three field goals in the fourth quarter uh, just, to, just to win by two. So it's, it's going to be a, a big deal. And even if Coram does return, which I mean, I guess the good news is uh, he was walking around yesterday. There's no brace. There's no limp. There's no uh, boot. There's nothing structurally wrong. I mean, I, that, that could be a 15, 20 point swing. And if they play and are healthy versus if they don't play, Uh, I think Michigan's offense likes to think that it can be dynamic enough to have, you know, kind of the curveball. That's Jim Harbaugh's phrase that he used at Big Ten Media Days. Nothing is wrong with J.J. McCarthy's game in terms of his arm strength and mobility. But if you look at the, the numbers for the last month, this is not a team that can pass well enough to win with its passing attack in a game like this. So it's I, I hate to make it so simply down to injuries, but. I, I don't know what Michigan has if Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards are both out or limited. What about Ohio State, Patrick? Because we've seen that they've had some injuries in the in the backfield as well. You only have to go back to last week. Mayan Williams is out, the team's leading rusher. Travion Henderson is back after two weeks out himself. And other than catching a, a touchdown pass early, he did not look comfortable out there. It's a foot injury for him. He's, he's been seen in a walking boot. He was seen in a walking boot even so far this week um, at a NIL charity event that they were doing. But Dallin Hayden comes in and, and Zach touched on this, the third string running back, and he played really well. Um, rushing for over 140 yards, three touchdowns against Maryland. And, and a lot of people around here are questioning, okay, if he's the healthy running back, why aren't you just giving him, him the workload? I think Ryan Day is is just hesitant when he has two running backs who are maybe 60%, 70%, whatever the case may be, to, to give the ball to freshmen, especially maybe in a game like this, you know, that, that can be one mistake changes the course of, of the results. So I would imagine that, Mayan Williams, after being out this past weekend, because Ryan Day said he didn't believe it was too serious, would would be able to play for this game, but we don't know that for sure. Travion Henderson, again, just didn't look normal the last game against Maryland, so his, his status is certainly up in the air. And then, you know, if you go to Dallin Hayden, how does he perform on a, on a big stage? He, he's done it in Big Ten play, but obviously this ramps up quite a bit playing in, in the rivalry game against Michigan. Much more on the game 
after these messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It, it seems like going into this final week of the regular season that the, the Heisman race is kind of like a three-man race with, with two favorites right now, and that's, that's C.J. Stroud, of course, at Ohio State, the, the famed quarterback. Caleb Williams at USC, who had a huge game in a victory against UCLA in their rivalry game last week. And then you got Blake Corum, who, despite missing the second half of most of the second half last week against Illinois, is still up there. And with these two teams going against each other, this may very well be the game. Sorry for saying that. That that shows that one of these two deserve one to be in New York City, which I don't think there's any doubt about that. But two, maybe should win it all. How important do you think this game is in solidifying maybe the Heisman winner that we see in New York City in December? I felt for a few weeks this is everything, at least at least for Corum. I mean, it, it felt like last year, C.J. Stroud, I mean, Patrick, you might feel similarly or differently. I feel like if they had beaten Michigan on the road, you know, his numbers weren't actually bad in that game. And I feel like I feel like the narrative would have been here's the best player on the best team in the country or, or something of that nature. But yeah. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, Aiden Hutchinson, who none of us were expecting to even be in New York, is runner up. So I think there is a little bit of a narrative. And I think I think you have to have the narrative to win it as a running back right now. I'm not I'm not a Heisman expert or anything, but it feels like it's increasing like like quarterback of a top five team or a running back who just the best player on the best team. So I think I think for Blake Corum, he has to play in this game and Michigan has to win. I, I Stroud, maybe, you know, him and Williams, I think are are kind of the t- two favorites right now. But I think if Michigan wins and Corum hypothetically plays and runs for 150 yards, I think you'd see a lot of voters be like, well, that's, this is the player of the year, whether he's statistically the best player or the, the officially most valuable might be up for debate, but it does feel like this game can shape the narrative of, of both players um, just based on who wins. I think it's just a, uh... A, a kind of a play-in game on on that level for for both of them, as you said, Zach, and and the fact that it will be the the high-profile game. There's the chance for that Heisman moment, and I don't think anyone's really had that this year. You know, maybe Caleb Williams last week against UCLA, you know, sort of did, and and he'll have more opportunities coming up. But this is the chance in front of everybody. This game is is always one of the most watched, and and from the CJ Stroud perspective, he hasn't had the best last two weeks. Um, I mean, against Indiana a, a week or last three weeks, even against Indiana two weeks ago, he did throw for five touchdowns, but sixty percent completion percentage was one of the lowest of his career. Um, his his yardage has has dropped significantly from from some of the games early in the season. So you know, I think he's allowed other guys to kind of creep back into the discussion where he had a chance to kind of slam the door if he had two, three uh, really good performances. 
against you know some, some kind of suspect Big Ten teams and then came out against Michigan. Now he has the chance against Michigan to win the game, be the guy that, that wins the game for your team, looks good doing it, and I think that could certainly push the Heisman voting back his way. Michigan and Ohio State uh, both entering this game undefeated for the first time since 2006. We all remember that game and how incredible it was. So this is the, probably the biggest game since then, just as far as rankings and everything, of course. But is this the biggest game in the rivalry's history as far as going into it? Yeah, I think there's there's certainly – you can certainly argue that. Um, I mean, there, there's the game you mentioned. Um, obviously, there's there's been games in the past but when, when both teams have been undefeated, but there's just so much on the line here. Uh, the game in Ohio Stadium when Curtis Samuel scored the, game, the touchdown in overtime was a pretty big game. I think it's just remembered differently – because of the result. So yeah, I think that that's certainly a, a conversation. Um, at least in Columbus, I know it's being looked at as certainly up there because of the stakes, plus the, as we mentioned earlier, the, the revenge factor that the Buckeyes kind of feel. And, um, you know, they, they want to get back to, to what they've done the last 10, 10 years or so of, of beating Michigan, being in the Big Ten championship game when, when that's been around and, and the college football playoffs. So you know, it, it certainly has that feel in Columbus, at least. Yeah, it's it's about as as big as it gets. I mean, you know, they've they've met as top five teams a few other times. You know, ninety seven, uh, yeah. that was a big one for Michigan winning the national title. Two thousand six, everyone remembers that one. And then last year, but undefeated, and and really, I think you know, compared they they met a few times undefeated in the seventies, but I don't think as many people cared. Like now, college football is just such a big uh, staple in so many in the lives of so many, not just in the Midwest but everywhere. I mean, there's going to be. I would guess somewhere between 12 and 15 million people watching this game on Saturday, which if you think about other top sporting events in the country, I mean, this is going to be up there with the final four up there with the NBA finals. Like it's, it's that big and it's, it's really cool. And I think that is why Jim and the players are kind of downplaying the, the hate or, or the, the rivalry side of things. And they're just like, Hey, it's already big enough as it is. Like, you know, just, just got to play 60 minutes and, and find, find a way to not let this get bigger than it is mentally. Because I think, I think physically it's a really cool matchup. I, I actually like the superhero comparison. They're, both teams are a little untested. I, I think, it, you know, in terms of who they face other than Penn state. So that, that creates a little bit of a mystery too, where, one of these teams might end up being the most disappointed 11 and one Rose bowl participant in big 10 history. I mean, that just speaks to how both teams are in just the, really the national title is, is the standard this season. There's very low odds that their fans will be happy with anything less than that. So very cool. Very cool. I mean, they, there's been a lot of high stakes, Michigan, Ohio state games. This is probably right up there with 2006 where it's, it's not just a big 10 best of the Midwest or anything like that. It's, it's a, it's a real game with national title implications. Biggest game of the year, I would say nationally, just as far as stakes. And of course they're coming down right to the final week of this season. We don't get these very often really anywhere. And uh, once every few years, it seems like uh, in other rivalries, but for it to be Michigan and Ohio State in the game, it makes it so much more special. And the atmosphere is going to be crazy. We can't wait to watch it Saturday. Patrick, Zach, thanks for joining us. And for our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Brendan Marcello. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. What if 
I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.